The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the mayor's office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for tuning in. So today we have with us Pittsville's very own Grammy-nominated and award-winning singer-songwriter Matt Cusson. Matt has been in the music business for more than 20 years, releasing albums. His namesake, Matt Cusson, and only human to critical acclaim, as well as writing, singing, playing piano, producing, and arranging for some of the industry's biggest names, including Stevie Wonder, James Taylor, and Dua Lipa, to name a few. And at the end of 2022, his soulful arrangement of How Deep Is Your Love for the acapella group King's Return scored the Grammy nomination under the category of Best Arrangement Instrumental or Acapella. And Matt will be at the Grammys in February to see how it all unfolds. And so with so many good things happening for Matt Cusson, it's fair it's fair to say that this is his moment to shine. So welcome, uh, Matt. How are you? Uh, thank you so much. That's quite the intro. I'm doing great. How are you? I am good. You know, it is cold and it is January and it is to be expected. Right? Right. right. I'm actually one of the fools that doesn't mind the cold. Oh. I, I kind of, it's a little, it's a little too much the last couple of days when yeah. it gets down to the teens. I know. But I don't mind the cold. I, I bundle my daughter up. We go outside. We find ways to have fun. My, my wife, however, uh-huh. born and raised in Los Angeles, she's uh-huh. like, okay, after Christmas, I'm good with the cold. I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> it's it's something, I think the older I get, actually, I realize what folks used to say when you feel cold in your bones. Like, I yeah, feel it. I get and it. I'm like, I get it. man, I'm feeling cold in my bones. So what does this mean? That I have to move to Florida at some point? I get it. I get I it. We know. might all be moving somewhere more southern in the I know. next uh, few years. You I, never know. <laughs> I hear that. Well, we are going to shift gears from weather to a lot of great stuff happening for you because <laughs> you. this is really a great moment for you, Matt. Um, and so congratulations are in order. You know, you. you wrapped up 2022 with a host of gigs that took you to everywhere from Florida, Wisconsin, New York, and back to the Berkshires. And like I said, you know, you have the Grammys ahead of you you know, in February. But I always like to, with my guests, set the stage and, you know, take it mm-hmm. back a little bit. So, you know, you are Pittsville's very own. You're born and raised. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, you know, mom and dad, Craig and Patty, um, they're a dynamic couple, you know, in their own mm-hmm. right. They've given out a lot to the community um, and your siblings as well. Um, but, you know, in, in your house, of course, with your parents' professions being a choir director and piano mm-hmm. teacher, you know, of course, music is a mainstay. And I think what I'm curious about is we know music is there. However, mm-hmm. was music played according to the mood of the house? So growing up, there was never not music playing. Uh-huh. There was always. So my mom, when I was a kid, she had 60 something students uh she was a piano teacher and she would 60 to 70 students which is a lot of students you know every week so she would from eight in the morning till five or so p.m every night there was piano playing it's usually classical and it's usually you know hand and exercises and all that kind of stuff so it would be that all day long mm-hmm. and then it would be my dad would come home from work around 5 five thirty, and he'd immediately put on his jazz records Um, and there would be moments though I remember being a kid and the first take six record coming out and he said everybody in the living room we're gonna go in he'd shut the lights off and we'd listen to the album from beginning to end and I was only god I don't even know eight or so yeah and and so there were a lot of moments like that music was always a moment in our house It, it wasn't just what everybody did and then with my brother and sister and I'm 10 and 12 years younger than them so I was the quote unquote you know mistake uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but okay. <laughs> well, I guess I guess surprise. You're the surprise, um, a bonus baby, as they say. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, my brother, you know, would come home from school or wherever he was, and he would throw on Billy Joel and, and, and Elton John and all that stuff. And then my sister always had music playing, and she was Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, and that, that branch. So it was just a 
from classical to jazz to, yeah. to hip hop to rock. Like it was all, I was listening to it every day. And then I found the own things I like, of course, you know, Michael Jackson's thriller came out when I was a baby Yeah, and I immediately loved it. New edition. I loved all that stuff. Of I love Billy Joe. I love James Taylor. I yes. loved all that stuff. So I think I just, it, I think it was inevitable with, with this amount of music and I was always playing the piano. I really got serious about the piano when I was around six or seven. Uh huh. And I, it just was always around the house. And, it, and and I guess as a kid, when you're growing up and you're hearing all this stuff, yeah, you know, I would remember going outside and make pretending that you know the wind was the orchestra and the leaves <laughs> blowing in the wind. This is so corny of me to say. No, but it's I really not. Did this as a kid, and the and the leaves blowing in the wind was people applauding. Yeah, and, and the the siren going down was the flutes going up and that. Like I always. That's how I thought. Yeah. Since I can remember. It was always just ingrained in me. But Matt, that's actually not corny. That's like it's imagination at work. Um, because like I remember my brother and I playing in the backyard and instead of mm. like for us, the leaves were money. So we mm. we <laughs> I like that a lot better. Leaves were money. <laughs> and so uh -huh. we would, you know, but this is what you did. I always tell folks. You know, we were like, you know, my generation, I'm Gen X. So, you know, my brother and I were both Gen X. So for us, it was about going outside and playing and using your imagination. And yeah. and yeah. I think when you have nothing else, of course, mm -hmm. then you're able to imagine so much. So I think, one, kudos to your parents because they didn't limit your music diet. You Ever. were really Ever. exposed to a lot. And then you also mentioned your dad turning off the lights. Now, yeah, when the music, was, so he, he, yeah, he would come home. So it, he only did that with a couple of records. Take, yeah. The first take six record was, was a game changer mm. uh, for me. Even as a kid, I, I loved that kind of music. I remember picking apart all six voices and trying mm -hmm. to figure out which we one was saying. You know, that's what I did as a kid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he would just kind of because it was he'd come home five five thirty, and of course in the wintertime, it was dark around five thirty. So he would come in. He would shut the lights off and he'd say, we, we, we have to listen to this record. Mm. And I remember the whole family. I remember my brother sitting there like this. I remember my mother with her eyes closed. I remember it for some reason. I think I, I must have been eight yeah. when that happened. And I, of course, was a little restless kid, but I, I think I enjoyed what I was listening to. Mm -hmm. And now Take Six has been one of my biggest, you know, inspiration and teachers just as far as listening to them and picking them apart for the last however many years. It's, yeah. It's, so groups like that have been huge. So listening to all that music i wasn't just listening to it i was i was really dissecting it so i like that bass line oh, i like that, that over there so it was just I, I guess it was just there my mother said i was kicking in the womb to the beat of um what was the song from greece uh um oh yeah better you than me I, yeah. do the harmony <laughs> yes yes you know what we singing <laughs> Oh, and she said, I love Michael McDonald. So, oh. like, what a fool believes would yes, come on. And then she's yes. still kicking in the womb, and I would, you know, be two years old dancing in the in the car seat. So, well, I think it was just there. Well, speaking, I mean, you know, <laughs> speaking of that, and listen, your daughter's following in, going to follow in your footsteps. She I sure saw, <laughs> I saw that video of her yeah. uh, mouthing the words to say a little prayer. And, I mean, yeah. I actually watched it two ways, with the sound on and the sound mm -hmm. off. And mm -hmm. it's adorable both ways. But like <laughs> with the sound off, she's literally yeah. her mouth. She's so expressive. She's in it. She's in it. Yeah. And and I think you, you raise a good point about how it's so like the influences that you have. Obviously, you know, your your parents influenced you perhaps even before you were even born um, when you're in utero. Right. And you're hearing music and then <laughs> right. you came out and you loved it. And, you know, the same thing for your daughter. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think that when you have all these influences, you have so much to choose from. Did you mm -hmm. gravitate to a certain musical genre? with everything that you had presented um, to you? So genre-wise, I kind of like a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I used to think that I was, you know, the lead singer in New Edition. I, and, and, you know, I would perform these little concerts in my room and I would be the lead singer. And then uh -huh. I used to, I remember being around eight years old and my dad listened to a lot of like smooth jazz. So yeah. there was a lot of like Joe Sample and foreplay and groups like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I thought that stuff was great. But then I reached a certain age, eight, nine, ten, where I was like, OK, what's next? 
And then I discovered Miles Davis and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I remember going to school and trying to push Miles Davis on all my 10 year old friends. They were like, this isn't you. What is this? I was like, no, what no, are you doing? Plays here. Exactly. So I don't know if I gravitate. I, I, man, I've always, and this is weird to say, I'm always gravitated towards complex music, a music mm. that makes me think mm. and music that makes me, there was a lot of music. I'd listen to Bill Evans and Oscar Peterson and say, Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go figure out what they just played there. And I would yeah. be ten years old with my CD player, pressing rewind, and at the piano and trying to figure out what they played. Um, so I guess you could say jazz and R and B. Yeah. But but then when I hear lyrics that James Taylor writes and mm -hmm. melodies that Paul Simon writes and Joni Mitchell, I'm like, oh no, this is the best. Like it's all. Mm -hmm. It's hard to pick one genre, but daily in this household we listen to jazz yeah uh, we wake up and i play bill evans for my daughter and yo-yo yes. ma a ton of stuff like that classical yes. and and just calming but musical stuff i i love it's it's not good to be in the music business and say i love complex music that's over everybody's head but that's kind of what i gravitated towards not no matter what the style but you know what though it's it, everything that was once before also comes around again and so the complex actually is the basis for what we yeah. for so much of what we have today i was listening to serious like i listened to serious radio and mm -hmm. um on their um one of their hip hop stations they actually have <laughs> a part where they it's a segment called salute sample and that's when they break down the original and then they show I you the sample and so that. it what it does is it allows listeners today to understand that what you're hearing just didn't yeah. happen it came from something yep. i was listening yeah. just the other day i was i who was it it was nautilus by bob james mm. i think yeah, that bass course. right if you think yeah. about that song how many times has that been sampled right oh, that's been insane. sampled yeah. the baseline yep. of that but the complexities yep. of that music so much so it's, i it's, i think yeah, you, it's a lot yeah. i listen to a lot of tribe called quest they're uh, they're my favorite of course uh, they're my wife's favorite of course -tip, you know we we actually got to see him right before the pandemic what? and it was a dream to see him because he doesn't perform a ton no um, yeah so we got to see him with robert glasper and it was insane uh. it was just an amazing show but uh, yeah, and all most of their music was of samples. Yes. Uh, they were geniuses at that. Absolutely. Absolute uh, and yes. so, yeah, and I, so that's another thing I did as a kid, what I would be like, if I liked a song, I'd be like, where did this come from? I mm -hmm. actually remember hearing How Deep Is Your Love by a group called Portrait. Yes. And I was like, that's a cover song. Yes. And then I went back to the Bee Gees, I was like, oh my God, this song's amazing. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's, 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 uh, I always tried to hit go go to where it came from mm. always try to go to the roots of every song all the music that's i love looking at the the inside of the cd to figure out who played what who yeah. produced what who arranged i always did that stuff i actually miss opening up a cd and reading the credits i think it um, might you know i think again i think things come it's life is cyclical right and i think just as yeah. how like the typewriter is back in fashion, mm -hmm. I do think that people, you know, they're going to want to see albums and read credits yeah. and look at the records art. are back. Records yeah. are back. I think it's a whole yeah. experience of just looking at everything, not just the music, but that the mm -hmm. illustrative component to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you might have your day again, you know, where That'd you can great. do that. But do you do you recall the first song you've ever written? Like, do you and do you even still have it? definitely don't have it i do remember i started dabbling in writing when i was around 10 11 12. yeah i remember writing a song and i don't know why this one stuck with me i don't know if it was the first thing i ever wrote or what but i think i was even younger than 10 and it was called she's a cutie uh-huh and it said she's a cutie a cutie uh no and that was she's a cutie was another one uh, a little kid i wrote a song called little kid yeah and i said it was I mean, all these songs are terrible. Yeah. Uh, it said, just because I'm a little kid doesn't mean I can't have a lover. Uh -huh. Just because I'm a little kid doesn't mean I need permission from my mother. What? Now, I was about nine years old. And I was yeah. like, oh, that sort of rhymes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't cute. It was not cute. Thank Listen. God I, uh, <laughs> Listen, back in the day, I remember, um, again, when hip hop was in its infancy, right? And so back mm -hmm. then, when you wanted to, like, write a rhyme, it would always start with, I was walking down the street and I looked at my feet and something like <laughs> 
right <laughs> something yeah, like it that kinda... it was it was so simplistic but that's yes, what we did it, back in the day you know that's what we did back then yeah <laughs> and that's what i did as an eight-year-old so so it worked itself out though i guess oh my goodness well you know one i always say one love for music is one thing talent is another mm-hmm. but you have both and Obviously, from your early, early years, you knew that you knew that you knew that you loved music. When did you say, all right, I want to actually take this love and this passion and actually make a life out of it? It was always a dream. You know, when you're eight, nine, ten years old in your room pretending you are whoever, Mm -hmm. uh, singing for who, you know, I used to stay up all night long in the dark and listen to whoever and pretend I was singing for at a show. Uh, it was always a dream. And I always said, oh, I'm going to do something in music. And it didn't become super realistic until I really started singing out in public. I said my first gig when I was 10 mm. at a club called Cherries in Lenox. Mm. Uh, they had an open mic night. And my sister used to go there all the time. And mm-hmm. she took me and I sang and I couldn't have been more nervous. <laughs> and uh, like I almost was like, I can't do it. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. But I sang and I sang Round and Round by Tevin Campbell. Yep with a piano player and it went awesome and it was fun. And I don't know if I was any good, but after that I started singing, I sang at the Durant's church a couple times yep. on, I think it's on Linden street. It is price and, Memorial. Um, yes. Yep. Yes. I yep. sang at their church. I mean, I must've been 12 or so. Wow. And I started singing little, and I just seen people's reaction. Yeah. Um, that helps. How and did then, it make you feel Matt when you did it? I think, the reaction I got was, first of all, my parents were like, we didn't know you, we were, they were terrified. They, he's gonna sing in front of people, wait, what? Cause I've been singing in my room yeah. my whole life. Yeah. Uh, and then they came up to me after that gig and was like, you have a gift. I think she, they were like, you you can do this. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, I didn't know how I felt. I think it was just like a feeling of, Half of it was, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I've been practicing in my room for, for you know, and the other half was, wow, I can do this. Yeah, like, this could actually be a thing. Yeah, it was basketball my whole life, but I clearly wasn't going to play basketball to make money. Yeah, uh, when you look at how tall I am and all that stuff, but uh, it 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 was. It's all I did. I don't know that it was ever a moment that I was like, yeah, I can do this. I came home from school, and my mother would say the same thing, and I threw my backpack down went in my room and I locked myself in there and I played music I played piano and I picked up part take six records and yeah. made little beats on my whatever keyboard I had so I think the the, the biggest moment was when I got into Berkeley College of Music because mm-hmm. all through high school I would sing in plays and at funerals and weddings and corporate stuff like that but yeah. once I got into Berkeley I think that was like oh I'm one of these guys yeah I, I can kind of play with these musicians from all over the world that yeah. were the best at you know 18 years old yeah and I think that that, and then getting the reaction from there, I was named one of the one of the best. Uh, uh, I, I was saying in the singer showcase, which showcases the top eight singers at the school, and I sang, played piano with, you know, everyone and, mm-hmm. and who needed a piano player. And it, I think it it just it was there wasn't a moment, but yeah. I think it kind of gradually each moment, in my brain, put me up another step of oh maybe oh. I can do this thing. Mm. And I'm still like, can I can I sustain this? For, you know. It's the music business is not the most fun, but it is because of music, but the business of it is, can be pretty cutthroat. I was going to ask uh, you that too, because, you know, you know, Tribe talked about it too, you know, in, in their lyrics. They got a lot of songs about it. They do. (laughs) Even today, even their current stuff, they still talk about it. That's right. And so we know that music, the music business is a business and Mm -hmm. you know and so like you said you know you've been at this for a while and you're honing your craft but you still mention that that confidence part right and so it's always Mm -hmm. that balance of making sure that while you're honing your craft you're also making sure that your 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 business the business aspect of it is staying afloat when you were at berkeley how what did it do for stabilizing your confidence to let you know that all right you've got a solid platform here because you ended up like playing with like John Mayer and Ryan Leslie at some point yeah yeah so when i was at berkeley it was it, i was only there for two and a half semesters yeah wow. uh, before i i got discovered by Brian McKnight right. dropped out of school flew to his house right that, that was 2000 that. right that was yeah so i think that um 
Berkeley was just, you know, I was when I as soon as I got to Berkeley, the first week I was scared because I was a teenager going to college for the mm-hmm. first time. And then I I slowly started making friends and within a month I was every day doing something different. Yeah. Whether it was a show in the cafeteria, whether it was playing at the coffee house down the road, whether it was we would have studio sessions mm-hmm. at Berkeley Studios with beautiful recording studios at four in the morning. We would go four to eight. Wow. And then go to class <laughs> or skip class and go to IHOP. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Same school kids. Right. But, um, <laughs> but it was, uh, I think that really made me think, okay, th- obviously the Brian McKnight thing really, that, that's what did it for me. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a, I was only 19, I think, or 20. And I was like, no, I'm going to have a career in music. Yeah. Because he, he, he was one of my favorites. Yes. Um, like he 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 when when his first record came out, I was a, again a kid yeah. nine years old or so, and I remember learning how to play half of his stuff. And he has very complicated music. Yeah, uh, his first couple albums. So I would learn how to play all that stuff, and I would perform it everywhere around here. And uh, when he heard me and said, "You feel like staying in school?" I was like, "I don't need to." And he was like, "You want to come to L.A. tomorrow?" I was like, "Yep." So, that was that. So where did he? Because okay, so where did he hear you play? Where were you performing? So I was at Berkeley. He was in town for a celebrity basketball game. Okay. And he knew uh, my good friend and one of my mentors, Rob Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, who was his musical director at the time, uh, said, Brian wants to come to Berkeley and hang out. And he, uh, Rob called me because Rob at the moment was going to produce my demo for him. Okay. Remember when we made demos? Yes. Casting the record labels? That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> he was going to produce my demo and he said, why don't you come down to McKnight's? I know you're a fan. McKnight's in town. He wants to come by and play. And we went to a practice room uh, with, I don't know, maybe 12 people in there. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people played and I just sat there in, in awe. Yeah. And Rob said, I want to hear Matt play. Hmm. So I played and sang a song that I wrote within 15 seconds of the song McKnight gets on the phone I'm like oh he thinks I suck Uh-oh. excuse me he thinks I'm terrible you're he, fine he, you know <laughs> blah 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 sorry yeah and uh with a two-year-old I'm starting to watch my every yeah thing you know like I a, hear you first word I hear you thing. so <laughs> um so it turns out that I finished the song he was on the phone with his manager and then he yeah. called his wife and said you have to hear this kid wow and he came up pulled me aside and said what are you trying to do I said I, I just want I, I want to play music and he's like you trying to stay in school? I said, not necessarily. He's like, you want to come to L.A. tomorrow? I was like, yeah. The next day? I, the next day, I dropped out of school that night. I went to the, the off, uh, is it the whatever office and said, I'm, I'm done. So and what was that conversation with day. your parents? Let's talk about that, Matt. Uh, <laughs> they, Berkeley's very expensive. Yes. Uh, they, I think, were supportive. They were, okay. They've never not been supportive. Yeah. Ever. They yeah. bought me everything I've never, you know, as far as I need a new keyboard. They got me a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, you know, they come to all my shows. I think my dad was nervous, super yeah. like, wait, you're doing what? Right. Uh, but it was Brian McKnight. So he was like, How do, he can't not right. take that opportunity. Right. Of course. So I went out to L.A. I stayed with Brian at his house for a few weeks. We've written, we wrote two songs, um, me, him and Rob. Yeah. And, you know, he... he Ended up going on tour and things fizzled. I signed a deal with him, but things fizzled a little bit. And then he called me a couple years later and said, hey, we're going to Atlantic Records in New York. You know, he's like, I know you live there. Let's all go. And I went and I sang and Atlantic Records was interested. And then that fizzled out. And then I ended up touring with him for almost 10 years. Opening for him and this and that. And it's a crazy story. And he's like Uh, your mentor. He's one of my mentors. Yeah, I have. he, He I credit a lot of how I play mm-hmm. to him well, they used to call me brian mcwhite what? <laughs> it was my nickname <laughs> as a teenager <laughs> well listen <laughs> that was my nickname as a teenager until clive davis said you gotta drop it. listen you gotta, you gotta he was like there's already brian mcknight we need a matt cusack now and, and that's kind of when i was like okay i gotta you're your own person take what he taught me yes, yes you are your own me, person but keep, keep it going yeah well listen and to he's him. been lovely well, listen, Brian McKnight is legendary. Like, I think Brian McKnight might, like, One Last Cry, like, all those things. Like, again, 90s, yeah. when we think about, like, that 90s R&B flavor. He was the king. He, he was, was the king, king yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and so I could, I hear so many 
um, just notes. The R&B just is so pervasive in your yeah. music. R&B and jazz, I would say, are the two yep. main things that my ear picks up when I listen to your, um, just your portfolio of music. It's just all there. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and, and so I guess my question would be, was that intentional? Because I know some artists are like, I don't want to be boxed in and I play mm -hmm. everything. Um, and, and so for you, did you say this is the direction I want to go in? You know, I did because when I, I remember the, one of the first conversations I had with Brian himself was I want to do you like your first two albums. So, so he did his first two records, which were basically jazz with R&B. And then he did Back at One, which was a straight pop hit. Mm -hmm. He was like, I said, I want to do like your first two records. I want to do that kind of music. And he was like, well, you should do the opposite of what I did. Do the pop song first, and then you could do whatever you want mm. after that. And after, I would say from 18 to 24, mm -hmm. I was in and out of record deals, in and out of, I, 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 there was a couple boy bands that wanted me to join. I was in and out of so many situations yeah. of, you got to do like this. Oh, you're going to be the next Justin Timberlake. You're going to be the next yeah. Brian McKnight. I got so much of that. And I actually wrote a song called from the first me on my next record that says, it's hard to believe in yourself when you're told to be somebody else. Mm. Why be the, why be the second or simply repeat? I'd rather be the very first me. Mm. And that is based on the whole first, you know, that, mm. that period of time. So when I got out of all that, I went through a dark period mm -hmm. where, you know, I think a lot of art, I think you have to, as an artist, you yeah. got to go through your depression phase I went through that, and that was that was rough for about a year, year and a half. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do music the way I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I made my first record, and I got picked up by Spectre Records, and I went on a 35-city tour, and it felt great. Yeah. And then I'll say this. My second record, Only Human, I love that record, yeah. but it's not me. It's a departure from what I – it's more singer-songwriter. I had a lot to, I wanted to say. yeah. So it's more lyric based and an and arrangement based as opposed to chords, chord, chords, mm -hmm. harmonies, you know, riffs. And it's it's more I think I lost a lot of my jazz and R&B fans with that record, but I'm glad I made it. Yeah, I'm very glad I made it. And now since then, it's been nothing but fun. I just want music to be fun. And I want to do, you know, it, it's it's now that I'm not on a record label anymore, it's fun to have all the creative control and just put stuff out. I just released a single yesterday actually called No Light Yet, mm. which is my social justice song and i i released it on mlk day i did it with two friends of mine and, and a video drops on the first day of black history month on february 1st so uh i'm doing music the way i want to do it and it's it's fun well one i'm listening to you and it seems like this journey has made you aware of who you are like you're at that place now in your career mm -hmm. where you're you feel confident because i think that's a part of the music business too where again yeah. they it's like shape-shifting and yeah. and being molded into what the industry thinks that is the hot thing right now or you're what people right you're a product yeah. and so yeah. you know as an artist you really have to be you have to stay true to this is this is what i want to do and some artists yep. aren't able to move to that next level because they're hamstring by the yeah, record label, they'll tough. say, well, listen, if you can't do what we want you to do, we're not going to put out your album or we're going to stall we'll get somebody it. somebody that can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. thousand percent. I've been there. I've mm. been there. I've had those record deals. I've, I've, I've been through the stories I could tell from ages 18 to, say, 27. Uh, like insane the mm. people i've worked with the deals i've the 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 a and r reps that passed away right before i signed my deal wow the the 9 11 i was supposed to go meet with uh, j records on 9 11 and i woke up that morning and started getting ready my brother called me and he said you might want to turn on the tv before you head to new york wow. and like it's just the amount of stories and yeah like you said they i could have given up i think a lot of musicians do uh, easily given up. Mm -hmm. um, but I, 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 something within me was like, not yet. Just, just keep going and put out these records and collaborate with these people and learn how to do this and learn how to do that. And, and you'll have a career. And here I am. And thank God I kept going because mm -hmm. I, like I said, it's the most discouraging business. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to, you know, wow, those four record deals I had when I was a teenager mm -hmm. and up to 21, none of them worked out. Right. And, this person doesn't want to work with me anymore. And that, that fell through. And it's easy, especially because it's, you're just a, like you said, you're a product and they'll throw you in the trash if, right. <laughs> if they're done with you. So 
it all helped sh- uh, shape me and, 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 and make me help me find who I am, like right. you said. So I'm listening to you again. I'm think I think about Erica Badu when she says, "Keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive uh-huh. about my right." And yeah, keeping yeah. that vulnerability while also that toughness, it's a balance, and also maintaining mm-hmm. that part within you that says, "I can keep going." What did you anchor yeah. into to allow yourself to still have that blend of being able to be vulnerable but tough and still believe in yourself? You know, I've always been a super emotional person. Mm-hmm. Like commercials make me cry mm-hmm. and I have never hit anything. My, I talk about my uh, 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 the, the dark moment, my, my depression. I talk about it with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I've written a lot of songs about it. And um, one of them, my therapist who lives in L.A., just passed it on to all her students or mm-hmm. her uh, clients. And she's like, this song is, says a lot of, of, of how it is to go through that. And mm. um I think it all, I don't know if anything, one thing just angered me, but it was just a matter of not being afraid to talk about stuff. It was a matter of keep moving forward. There were years I made 25 grand a Mm -hmm. year, you know, and and there were years that, you know, if I'm torn with McKnight and he's making an album, we're not doing any shows. I'm broke for for five months Mm. or whatever. It's so it's just a matter of, and I tell kids this all the time, it's persevering. It's being as self-reliant as you can. And honestly, this is, it's not much of an answer to your question, but I just kept going. I just kept going and I took from every experience. Well, thank you for your honesty because I think that sometimes people think names and lights, they automatically, wow, you're rich and famous. And they think that you have no problems (laughs) and that, you know, it, you have this, like everything is perfect. And behind all of that is a lot of work. Behind so everything is so much work. And a lot work. of heartache. That's right. And a lot of late, late now was up to four in the morning every morning until I had a kid. Mm. I was up and working. And even now there's moments where, uh, you know, I just, I, 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 I'm still up till mm-hmm. four in the morning working on something, even though I know I got to get up at eight with my daughter. Right. It's, it's, if you want to do it, you have to put in the work. I, that's right. one of the first things McKnight told me. We were in the car. The first night I flew out there in the car going from the studio to his house, and he was like, this is not easy. Mm-hmm. He, said, he told me how hard. He's like, this is really hard. He was like, right now, he had his number one single. He was like, it didn't get any easier after that. Mm-hmm. He was like, it got harder. He was like, because I got now I got you know expectations and more demands. Right. And He was telling me how hard it is. And after you know living it and, and talking to more people and working with more people, it's it's hard. And I just encourage every kid that gets discouraged at 25, at 30, at 35, at 40, just keep going because mm. it will happen. Something will come. I promise. Mm. Yes. Even if it's a realization of <laughs> I'm just meant to do this at the bar, That's which right. is awesome. That's You're right. making a living doing it. Right. Um, go, go do it. Well, keep going. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's um, I think we all there's something for all of us to do. And mm-hmm. our journeys will expand and contract as necessary to places right. where we need to be. Um, right. And right. and so I, I totally get that. You know, I'm just going to let um, our listeners know that um, who are just tuning in that my guest today is Matt Cusson. And he is talking about his um, musical journey. He's the Grammy nominated Matt Cusson, <laughs> I should That's say. So weird to hear. <laughs> well, OK, let's talk so about weird. that. Let's let's talk about that because we sure. just talked about you putting in that work. And mm-hmm. now. This is like the pinnacle. If you are an uh, if you are an artist, this is the pinnacle. Why is it weird to hear that? I think I thought it was just uh, uh, that was just a dream that would never be attainable, mm. you know. And and that's not a very positive message. But I honestly, after being in it for fifteen twenty years, and seeing how hard it is for the rich and famous to, mm-hmm. to get to get nominated and what they go through just to get nominated. I just never thought, uh, especially this soon, you know, I only got two albums out and I know I should have a lot more, but especially this soon, I didn't think that it was something that would happen this soon, but I'm really glad that it did happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's it, it, the whole last, I guess now month and a half has just been overwhelming 
wonderfully overwhelming. And yeah. the people I've heard from and the opportunities and talking with you, like it's the best. Aww. It's been in, in, really incredible. Well, I, I'm just thrilled that I have an opportunity to speak with you because, you oh. know, I can say I've spoken to the Grammy nominated and we'll know more next month <laughs> how I that know, translates. Right. But, fingers you know, crossed. fingers crossed. But even still, you know, even still, whatever the outcome, you have much to be proud of. You know, you, you, you being in this business for as long as you have been, staying the course, putting out good music, you know, listening to your music, I'm like, wow, your music is, it's, it's, it feels very personal, but it also invites the listener into a journey. I feel like I'm listening to you read your diary, put on music. Yeah. Like, that's, so. that's how it felt. Was, for sure. Yeah, especially that only human record. Yeah. Every, every song on that record is so personal. Uh, it deals with my addictions at one point. Mm -hmm. It deals with the, like a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next one will be no different. You know, mm. the, the, I, I got a lot of stuff still that I want to talk about. And yeah. now I'm just doing it more my way. You know, and uh, yeah, and thank you. I'm I'm so happy you actually listened. That's awesome. No, I did. And right now, the song that I'm loving is Feel Like That. Okay. Yes, I love I love that, I love that single. It's with Marie Dahlstrom. I think I'm pronouncing yep. her name right. Yeah. Yep. And Phenomenal so artist. I'm waiting for that album to drop because I need your album yeah, to coming. drop because I need more of it because it's coming. I <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you some sneak peeks. Oh my gosh, that song, you guys, you have to like you have to tune into it. You have to stream it, whatever platform you use. The song is fire. I was like, Thank it has a nice so neo much. soul vibe to it. I'm like, yeah. I like this. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, when you bring up Erica Badu, that Neo Soul stuff, D'Angelo changed. Yes, my life. yes. He changed my entire life. The way the way I hear music, the way I play, uh -huh. he changed. When Voodoo came out, mm -hmm. it, it changed everything for me. That album is top five album of all time for me. Yes, D listen, D'Angelo. So you always hear a little bit of Neo of in there. I yes, love Neo Soul. Erica. I'm, Erica, like I am. I, mm -hmm. I mean, so for me, I was in college in the 90s and I, mm -hmm. so late 90s for me, I went through my Erica Badu stage where I just, yes, the head life. wraps, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So yes. I just, I, her music, um, Baduism just spoke to me, right? It's just, yep. and, and to mm -hmm. this day, I mean, we're talking over 20 years now and Baduism is still fire oh easily and that's the thing easily, with good yeah. music when you yep. put out good music it doesn't matter the time holds frame up. it holds yeah. up right yep. it preserves yep um yeah. and i was just listening to an old james taylor record i was like wow he could have wrote this today yeah and it was like in the 70s mm -hmm. like those those real the d'angelo's the, the james they they just they write music like it's supposed to be written. right and they they write it from their heart they produce it you know perfectly yeah and the the mama's gun is one of my favorite yes records. like it's just it's it's and that and i listen to it all the time mm -hmm. like it's that that wasn't out in 2000 that's just still that's still around in yeah. my house yeah you know? it, it good music um stands the test of time and sure. and so i think you know that's something that your music is going to hold up too because your 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 oh, music you. is your music is really really good so you guys if you haven't thank tuned you so into much. matt you need to find him and listen to his music listen to both albums listen thank to the new single, new single that's right yeah. listen to all yep. of it Thank so, you so much. I want to go now to because we're, we talked a little bit about like the, the songwriting process. But for you, I mean, the whole Grammy nomination, it's tied back to the pandemic, right? Because it was during the pandemic yeah. that you mm -hmm. actually were able to connect with um, King's Return. And they're based out of Texas. Yep. And yep. you yep. never met them. Everything was virtual. Still haven't met him. Yeah, everything was virtual. That's same with Marie Dalstrom and feel like that. Wow. That was over the pandemic. And we never met. We've had opportunities. She lives in London. Wow. And I was in London last uh, last spring and we couldn't get it together. And then she was in New York um, last September. Mm -hmm. And I we just couldn't, couldn't schedules got, you know, crisscrossed. Yeah. We couldn't make it happen. So, yeah, King's Return, four of the nicest, loveliest most talented vocalist and musicians I've ever met and mm. sweethearts of people. And I can't wait to meet them at the Grammys. And we're going to have a really nice, we were thinking of having our own little party, but mm -hmm. um, uh, we're just going to go to dinner. Right. It's going to be us and whoever you know wants to join us. And we're going to have a really nice dinner. We're going to talk and we're going to laugh. And oh. I'm psyched 
to finally meet and hang with those dudes because we've been hanging over the phone mm-hmm. and over Zoom for the last three years, two years. That's so crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, the pandemic, uh, you know, it wasn't kind for anybody, but no. m- musically, it was good. It was good for me. Mm-hmm. I literally sat in front of my computer 14 hours a day and learned how to mix records. And, you know, the good thing, of, well, not the good thing, but the, the thing about the pandemic yeah. was a lot of the artists that were performing stopped so they wanted to record Mm -hmm. so i got a lot of calls and i ended up producing a ton yeah uh i've done mixes for like hgtv and and comedy central and stuff like that and it was it was fruitful for me Mm. i'll say that nobody i wish it didn't happen obviously but it's i took advantage of being in the house in front of in my studio and this is when Mm. we lived in greenwich connecticut near new york and and you know, we don't have I don't have a ton of friends in Greenwich and we mm-hmm. weren't hanging out anyway. Mm-hmm. So I literally just learned as much as I could, collaborated with as many people as I could. And it was it was uh, it ended up being pretty good for me. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a good point about the pandemic. It allowed us to it was a pause, but yeah. it allowed us to cultivate things and passions and different yeah. things that maybe we didn't mm-hmm. have the time to do before. So out of what was a very horrendous situation we were able to find things that we could make good out of it. And you did that. I wasn't going to sit back and and watch Netflix for a year. You know, I I did a little bit of that. I did a little bit of that with my wife. But uh, it was, you know, plus we had to figure out how to keep living. Mm -hmm. We had to figure out how to keep paying rent. Right. So I just worked. Because that's real. Big time. (laughs) Big time. Yeah. Big time. So I just kept going. Right. And I, and I, gave people discounts and and did some stuff for free Mm. and here we are yes and look at that and out of that came Mm. this grammy nomination right because because of that work with king's return Mm -hmm. came this beautiful product and this 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 um this acclaim and you'll always have that like you will always have that so that's amazing it, it's 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 insane and how it all happened too it's just i had a, I, we had moved up here yeah we just uh my, my wife was almost ready to burst yeah and we moved up here we didn't have a place to live yet so we were at my parents staying in their guest room and i had a, all my studio gear was in storage and i had a computer and a little board and a little interface and i said sure i'll do this arrangement for you and then we did it and that me being mr complex the first draft they were like, can you just tone it down? <laughs> like I went way overboard. But that's what I do. I say, I always give you more, and then we, we dial it back. Right, right. But, um, yeah, it was um, it was crazy how it all happened. I'm so thankful for those dudes. Wow. And this Grammy, win or lose, is as much theirs as it is mine. That's for sure. right. Because they made it what it is. That's you know, right. I arranged it, but when their voices are on it, because yes. I actually recorded it for them to learn. And my voice, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Their, their four voices and their blend, it was flawless. Well, win or lose, I don't think that there's any loss here because I think it's all a gain. Um, yeah, you formed, sure. you know, these great, you know, business relationships. And I'm sure, yep. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't hurt to say Grammy nominated as you're meeting no. folks and people. They, they That's pr- a nice ring. It's a it. nice yeah. ring. And I'm sure that yeah. in and of itself helps to open up even more doors. So um, I think that Thank that's yeah, like a, so. bin, a big win there. But I think, you know, you mentioned that you were also doing stuff like with HGTV and like mixes and mm-hmm. stuff. Also, did I also read correctly Lifetime? Like you've done stuff yeah, for Lifetime? Yeah, I just finished a song for them. Yeah. Get um, out. <laughs> I did a couple of their Christmas movies, uh, a couple songs for them, and a couple of their summer movies. Um, I just finished a song with my amazing, amazing singer friend Patrice Covington, yeah. who played Aretha Franklin's sister in the in the Hulu documentary of, or, or the Hulu uh, show. I think it was called Genius Aretha mm, Franklin mm-hmm. story. She's a phenomenal human being and singer, and she hit me up and was like, "Hey, can we do another song for Lifetime?" I was like, "Sure." Wow. And we did a song, and she <laughs> sang it, and I produced it. We co-wrote it. And, yeah, I, 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 you know, the, here's another point. When I was in my, you know, when I was after the the dark stuff and I started to really get happy with music, people were like, you, got, you can't say yes to everything. You got you to gotta be really picky. Over the last few years, I've said yes to almost everything. Mm. Just saying, you know what, I work better when I'm spread thin. Mm-hmm. And you never know which <clears throat> one of these things is going to get you a Grammy nomination right. or a $10,000 check or whatever, it, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I think every little, and it's all music still. Right. So I want to do all music. So it's all work. It's all music. It's all love. It's, yeah. it's, 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 I'm not saying say yes to everything, but 
if you can, do as much as you can. But you also have to know your bandwidth. And I think you have figured that out because for some people, they yeah. might say, I can't. And that could work for them. But if you know mm -hmm. that that's how you thrive, then why not? I got to keep going. Yeah, I can't just work on one thing at right. a time. Like today when we're done, I have a song I'm mixing. Yeah. That'll take a couple hours after that. I have a song I'm producing for a friend of mine. Yeah. Like it's 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 two, three, four projects a day huh. um, that I'm working on. And then I'll, you know, hopefully at nighttime I'll work on my own stuff. That's the one thing is my stuff tends to take a lot mm. longer, but I, it don't matter. If I'm making music with other people, that's that's the dream. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about like a day in the life. Like how are you, how mm -hmm. do you, when you're, when, do you need <laughs> solitude to do this? Do you go into like a special room or how, how do you get it all yeah, out of your head? So I did. But we live now in Williamstown in this beautiful apartment, and yeah. uh, but it doesn't have an extra room for my studio. So my studio is kind of crammed. Yeah. I still have a lot of stuff in storage, and we're looking for a house, but mm -hmm. everybody knows the market is pretty horrible right, right. now. Uh, so every, I, I, my daily life changed when my daughter was born, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, for the better. Um, but yeah, I'm up early with her. I'm... Um, giving her breakfast my me and my wife give her breakfast we spend time we play games we do puzzles we read books and around 10 11 we'll, we'll figure out okay what do i got to do today uh-huh and whoever has more work the, the other one takes the because my wife is in entertainment too okay. and like yesterday she had an audition and i watched the baby all day and then i worked at night like it's just that's it's, how you do it there's no day in the life it's just what's happening today mm -hmm. we wake up in the morning and figure it out right uh, and if I have a project, you know, then my wife is awesome with, okay, you got to finish your thing. Mm -hmm. I got her. I'll take her to the library and I try to finish stuff. And it's made me quicker. Yeah. I'll say that. Of having course. a daughter. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's, it's at the same time, it's made me slower. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I totally like, we have, <laughs> we have three and I mean, they're not babies Oof, anymore. Superheroes. Oh, uh -huh. I remember when yeah. they were that age and I remember when I used to do interviews and on the phone and I remember I would have to tell folks, don't worry. Like, that's just my daughter. Or that's just a baby. And they were like, yeah. Oh, I oh, remember. Yeah. I'm shocked that you haven't heard her yet. She's, She's fine. Being an angel right now. <laughs> Uh, she's, I had to lock the door cause she would run in, that, <laughs> but, uh, uh, she's being actually incredible out there right now. I it's, don't know what my wife has got her doing. But. It's, it's all good. I remember those days and I remember just as working parents, you do what you have to do to find that balance. Yeah. And I, I always tell everyone, mm. don't feel any way it's part of the course. It's what you do. Yeah. You yep. know, listening to the rundown of all the activities you've done with her. I didn't hear singing in the mix, Matt, because when I saw that oh, video no. of her and she's <laughs> yeah. mouthing, like literally Daily. she is it's like her mouth is going wide at like one and a half too. yeah like thinking... uh, she yeah it's every day every day she we don't go to sleep at night without a dance party oh and the dance party consists of all of us dancing uh -huh. and uh she grabs her guitar according to her the family band is me on piano she's on guitar <laughs> my wife's on drum uh <laughs> So we're looking for a bass player. I don't know if you, you, you're you're free, but um, yeah, it's no music is daily yes. in this house, and she she's just getting into Bobby McFerrin now, which I love because I'm obsessed <laughs> with Bobby McFerrin, who's getting a lifetime achievement award this year at the Grammys. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and she actually likes really cool music. There's a Bill Evans song she uh -huh. loves. Like she's playing all that music her whole life has paid off. It's clear. She does like her kitty stuff, which is great. Yeah. But the fact that she likes any Bill Evans song is, I'll take it. it she, it's its clear that she's soaking something up. And yes. if she's like this at this age, I can only imagine no, when she gets I mean, older. I mean, you're, you, I mean, it's going to be pretty incredible because she, yeah. I was like, I was like, this baby is so expressive. It's crazy. It it's was so yeah. after that video, uh, James Taylor's brother called me, Livingston Taylor called uh -huh. me. He said, is she a genius? He was like, do you, are you seeing things? I was like, she's, she's, it's hard to tell at one and a half, but yeah. she's doing things that I thought were normal for most one-year-olds. Yeah. It, it's not. No. Now I've met other one-year-olds and yeah. they love music and they dance and they, you know, they shake their hips, but no. she's, she does some stuff. She's, she so was shocking. pretty on cue. She knows how to play guitar. She moves her fingers up and down the fret and she, she's. It's crazy. Well, listen, crazy. if there's anyone that's going to nurture it, it's you and your wife. So you oh, guys yeah. are you guys are pretty awesome. You're already having dance parties at night. Thank you. Every I mean, single night. Yeah, it's the worst thing you can do before bed. But we have a dance party every you night know, before bed. 
she listen she's the boss she's a producer <laughs> she's telling yep. everyone where they yep. need to go so yes, yes yeah it yeah keep making those videos because it was it, was, it was great it was great to see we have a million of them <laughs> <laughs> so many yeah so listen you actually another another interesting fact about you matt so you have something in common with our stephanie wilson right with nasa mm -hmm. because oh, yeah. uh because like we know she is like astronaut extraordinaire but NASA actually selected your song "Calling It Night" from your only human mm -hmm. album, right? Um, mm -hmm. For its annual moon phase video, like I don't like their moon phase video. Is that like sort of like a wrap up of their year a year in review or something? I think so. Yeah, I think it's uh, either a year in review or what it's going to be going forward. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually the second project I did with NASA. That cool. one was easy because they just took the song off the record and used it for their video, which was incredible. I'm honored that that. Uh, that that happened yeah. but the f I did a project specifically for them wrote a song produced a song with my good friend Javier Colon yeah. who was the winner of The Voice yeah. yes so me and him wrote a song uh, recorded it shot a video for it people could check it out it's called The Moon and More it's an educational uh, song uh, and it's it's about you know it, it, the video is actually really amazing mm -hmm. uh, shout out to my friend David from NASA who who did the whole thing and um then the second one, yeah, they took Calling It a Night for their video and I guess Night and Moon. I guess that's why they linked it together and wow. it worked out. It's a beautiful video and and yeah, they, they play the moon and more and that stuff all year round at their events and at, at wherever NASA is is, they, they kinda play the moon and more and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's wow. pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, and shout out to Stephanie too. She's she's the goat. I mean, exactly. I mean to think we have like two Pittsfielders with NASA connections. On right. two different that ends of the crazy. spectrum, but yeah, I mean that's right, right. That's, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Really I, awesome. I ain't going anywhere near the moon. <laughs> I, I'm I'm terrified of heights. So you're and, not planning and, to get on one of those rides? Those I don't know what is that? Um, with was it Elon Musk or whoever had the SpaceX no, or something like that? Yeah, no. Nah, no, I'm yeah. a chicken. Yeah. I am a softie, and I'm a chicken. Remember how I told you I was emotional? Mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. I would kick and scream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish I was a strong, mm -hmm. you know, I'm I not. Hear you. No, I hear you. I like to have my I'm feet not. planted on earth. Yes. I'm good. Yes. Even when I go on boats, I'm mm -hmm. just like, okay, I'm ready to, uh, <laughs> I'm ready to get, get to land. I hear you. So Matt, I have to ask, I, and I know songs mm -hmm. can be like your babies, but do you have a personal favorite? Of my own? Yeah. I think the last time I answered this question, I said, it's whatever song I'm currently working on. Huh. <laughs> That's huh. such a lame answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stevie Wonder used to say, "I haven't written it yet," oh. and I and I and I, I stole that for a little while. Uh -huh. I don't. I don't think I have a favorite. Mm. Um, they're all like it's like it is like having your babies and yeah. trying to pick one. I hear um, you. So I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna give you the lame answer of it's okay. the song I'm working on right now. Of my course, very diplomatic. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. So you know, let's let's talk touring for a little bit. And I'm looking at my mm -hmm. clock here, and I realize I said, you know, an hour can go by really fast when you're talking good stuff. Um, <laughs> but you know, touring can be both energizing and grueling. And I think, mm -hmm. like in 2019, you wrapped up a tour with Christina Aguilera. Is that is that the case? Yeah. Christina so, Aguilera and an IRE tour. Cool. Uh, a short IRE. I just did the Northeast with IRE and Javier, my friend Javier. Yes. And Christina was a residency in Vegas, and then we hit random cities for one-offs. How? Uh, so how? I, I just need to know about the balance of that. I mean, obviously you are you're a family man, and you're mm -hmm. also um, you know an, an artist. How do you reconcile the two? Before my daughter, it was easy. Because uh, mm -hmm. my wife would come to a lot of like when I did the residency in Vegas with Christina, she was out there for God a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Before that, I was the MD for uh, the Got Talent tour, so mm -hmm. it was like the winners of all Got Talent from all around. And we did Australia, which is one of my favorite places to go visit. And my wife came out to me for like a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Like so, before the daughter, it was it was much easier. It was. Take all the gigs you can and and bring your wife with you if you can. She right. would come out. I toured with Megan Hilty a lot, and she used to bring my wife everywhere with me. Mm -hmm. So uh, now that the daughter's here, um, I it's really hard leaving home. Mm -hmm. It's so hard because I come back. Like, I'm leaving for Europe with Dave Koz in April for until basically the last day of May. Mm -hmm. So it'll be about a month and a half, and that's the longest I've been away from her. I've been away the longest since then has been three weeks, but this will be the longest. I'm hoping 
she can come with me mm-hmm. to the Spain Portugal portion of the tour, which uh, my wife has never been. So I'm trying to hopefully get them out there for that. Right. Um, being away, leaving is hard, especially now that she's two. She she knows Daddy's leaving, and right. he might not be back for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard. That's why I'm I'm thankful for the studio work I get when mm-hmm. I can stay home and and do it. I've definitely not toured as much as I used to. I, I, I'm Megan Hilty, Dave Cos, couple in my, my own stuff and a couple other people here and there. Before that it was CeeLo Green, Brian McKnight and whoever. Right. I, 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 I just I love touring and I always will do it. I'm just I think I'm a little more selective with it now and I right. love working from home and having my daughter run in and ruin the recording. <laughs> it's, the it's the best. Well, no, I, I, I can, I, I totally, I totally understand. And, you know, the little ones always change things, right? You know, um, for sure, for sure. And put stuff in perspective. Really? Time. Yeah, it, it yeah. does. Because yeah. you have this whole other little life. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and yeah. so I'm going to try to bring her in. She's coming out with me to LA. Oh, week. so they're her and my wife are going to come. They're not coming to the show, but they'll, they'll be out there with me. My wife's family's out there and they've never met my daughter. So it will be oh. a fun trip. That's but great. I'm terrified about the flight. If you have any pointers about a two-year-old on a plane for six hours, um, well, they I say bring all the snacks, all the toys. Bring the, the snacks, stuff. the toys. Um, if she has a little, like her little headphones and yep. her music that she can that. listen to, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's tough. You know, I mm-hmm. think sometimes, you know, um, other, you know, the other passengers will give other passengers the with eye. the eye, the side yep. eye. They mm, look like, oh, we know eye. what this yep. flight's going to be about. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how I've changed because now I, I never was mad. Yeah. But it was when you're trying to sleep, it's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not going to sleep. But now I see parents, I'm like, I got you. I'm like, bless you. you. Need, yes, whatever yes. you need. You're a hero. Yes. Uh, I will. Uh, I will help you however I can. I'm yes. so sorry if your baby cries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like realizing like we've all been there. It's just I guess for the people yeah. who are totally who have been so far removed from it and they don't remember those days. But you're already trying to deal with your little one and then you're embarrassed because yeah. then everyone starts looking at you and yeah. then it compounds yeah. the situation. So yep. I would say just do what you're going to do, like bring her yep. all the things she likes to do, her gadgets. She's yep. probably also going to fall asleep. So, I hope so we plan the whole flight around her nap. Yeah. You know, so I hope I hope she sleeps a little bit, and you know uh, she does get motion sickness. So we're gonna mm-hmm. put some some Dramamine, kids Dramamine, in her. Hopefully that right. helps helps sleep a little bit. But Aww. I guess nothing to do but to do it. You know, and get the exactly. first one over with. Exactly. Yeah, and then Spain will be a different story. <laughs> Well, if she comes to Spain, that's a long flight. It's a long one. Um, yeah. Kids handle it differently. I was on an international flight. It was that I went to Ghana this um, last oh, wow. summer, and mm-hmm. there were little ones, and they range. Yeah. There are yes. some who are more comfortable than others. Yeah, okay. going yeah, yeah. was great. Coming yep. back, not so much. But <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yep. my flight is Australia. Oh um, my lat. On the way home, I sat next to a two-year-old who was all up on my seat, yeah. on my tray table. Yes. She had a book that just flipped over. And I was like, it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine. I, I had that for me, too. And I had to just say, I remember, remember, remember. Yeah. Just remember. Yeah, it's just, just it'll remember. be over It'll be hours. over. I just and made sure. Too, yeah. yeah. I had my little movie good. playing, just turned up yeah. the volume and yeah, settled into my out. seat. <laughs> yes. Yep. That, uh, I might have to do that even with my daughter. <laughs> Like, I see you. You're good. <laughs> You're good. I'm going to go ahead and watch this movie now. <laughs> but, Matt, we have two minutes left. So I just need to ask mm-hmm. I need to ask you. I have to. Rapid fire. One, one more question. One, or maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you're not working on a project, what do you like to do in the Berkshires? Oh, I love taking my daughter everywhere okay. to uh, Ioka Farm. I know it's not in the Berkshires. That's, is that in the Berkshires? That's in upstate New York, I think. No, well, Ioka, uh, I feel like it's around here. It's like right there, yeah. yeah. Uh, we go to all the libraries, okay. Pittfield, uh, Williamstown, Adams. We go to all the special events in Lenox, the singers, the, uh, Terry Alaberry. We love going to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take her to the museums. Well, we took her to Mass Mocha the other day. We take her there all the time. Um, she's She loves Mass Mocha. Oh. I'm obsessed with Mass Mocha. I think the Yeah, now they have is, the, the, the um, little roller coaster in there. 
Yes, of which my neighbor it was on the front page of the yeah. Eagle the other day because she wrote it. Oh, that was your <laughs> she, neighbor? She, lives, she was right across the hall from us, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's amazing. Like nice. talk about what I want to be when I'm 92. Yeah. But, um, yeah, honestly, we do everything with her. We take it to, um, the place with the farm. I can't remember. My brain is mush That's okay. these days, but, That's um, okay. the, uh, uh, Wait, Hancock, Hancock, Hancock Shaker village. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We do that. We do the baby animals every year. Nice. Everywhere. We cool. love my wife. Like I said, is from Los Angeles, born and raised, and she never wants to leave the birth. She loves it here. All right. Absolutely loves it here. All right. And Matt, if you had to choose one word to describe you, what would it be? Oh, God. Can oh, God be my answer? No. <laughs> um, that's two words. Uh, 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 I don't know. That's a good question. But uh, uh, I got too many words. Nervous, emotional, <laughs> weird, odd. Uh, tired, tired. I'm going with tired. All right, all right. You you heard it here first. All right, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. Matt, <laughs> tired. Th- thank you, Matt. Well, folks, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBR FM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch News up the mayor's office in the city of Pittsville. We just want to thank Matt Cusan for that really great conversation, and we wish him all the luck at the Grammys in February. Thanks everyone for listening, and have a great day. Thank you.